Hey, what's up, guys? It's Eric. Who is your daddy, and what does he do? Hey, everyone. It's Joe. My dad is a gynecologist, and he looks at vaginas all day long. John Kimball is an undercover cop assigned to find a mother and son. This is the only picture we have of him. Before a killer does. You gotta handle this like any other police situation. He's been trained to fight. But there are some things. You mean you eat other people's lunches? Stop it! He's never been trained to handle. Arnold Schwarzenegger. They're walking all over me. Is Kindergarten Cop. An Ivan Reitman film. Rated PG-13. Starts Friday, December 21st at theaters everywhere. You're listening to Worth a Late Fee, the podcast for two former video rental store clerks who watch movies that they may have recommended at one time to see if they still think the film would be worth keeping an extra day or two to watch again, even if it meant paying a late fee. What's up, Joe? Hey, what's up, everyone? So today we'll be talking about Kindergarten Cop, and for a brief synopsis of the movie, the Back to the DVD case reads, Arnold Schwarzenegger stars as an undercover cop posing as a kindergarten teacher in order to catch a dangerous criminal. Once he wrangles his young charges, as well as the affections of a beautiful teacher played by Penelope Ann Miller, he prepares for a final showdown with his intended prey in, a, in this totally enjoyable action comedy from director Ivan Reitman. And it stars uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger as the lead, Penelope Ann Miller plays a teacher, and Pamela Reed who plays his partner, Phoebe. Yeah, I was actually reading through not, not any of those um... Well, actually, fun fact about Pamela Ann Miller that I found that she was actually married to Will Arnett for a brief period for like oh, a year. So oh, I know that. A huge Will Arnett fan. Not not too familiar with Penelope Ann Miller's work other than a few things. But Arrested Development is that's massive. true. That's true. That's true. Fair. Fair. Some of the other people in it, Linda Hunt. I didn't realize I was going through the the other actors and actresses, and some of the people in this were were pretty accomplished. Like the lady that played Mrs. Schlossky or Schlowski, the, the principal. The principal, yeah. Yeah, so she won an Academy Award in '82 playing for. She was the first ever to win an Academy Award for playing a member of the opposite sex. So that was oh, pretty cool. I know that. And then there was another one too. I don't know if I wrote this one down. Oh yeah. So Carol Baker, uh, she attended the Actors Studio under Lee Strasberg. She was a classmate of Shelley Winters, Marilyn Monroe, and she became close friends with James Dean. So it's kind of funny actually, but there was. Because this movie is ridiculous, but there was actually a lot of there was a lot of talent. I mean, yeah, even the director Ivan Reitman, like yeah, he's yeah. A, he's he's pre-established. Yeah, yeah. So it's I don't know how this all came together and <laughs> whatever, but so and while we're discussing it, guys, we always try to find or we always try to have a beer while we're discussing the movie, and we try to find a beer that we can tie into the movie in some way. I'm sure that there's some awesome like microbrewery thing that did like a kindergarten cop beer, but. I didn't find that. I, was, I had a week to find something, and I was with my wife at this uh, place in Amesbury, Mass., which is awesome. I, I want to say it's called Craft Beer Cellar Amesbury, or down, I don't know, I'll, I'll, I'll try to tag them in the picture, because the guy's always great. And he, which I was looking for a beer, and I was like, I need either an Austrian beer to show it up, Arnold, or the film, I looked up the film, and I was like, where's the film? Astoria. To me, Astoria, when I hear Astoria, I think of New York City. I do too. And so I actually, because I haven't seen this movie in like 20-something years, so I was about two seconds away from getting, I was looking for beers that were made in Astoria or Brooklyn or something like that. And I was probably right about to settle on that. And then my wife was like, oh, I found this 
this beer, which is uh, the Austrian style lager from Von Trapp in Stowe, Stowe, Vermont. So I was like, all right, Austrian, that sounds good. And then I got home and I saw, I looked up the actual, I put more time into it. And I didn't realize that this was not Astoria, um, New York. It was Astoria, Oregon, right? Or, right. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, well, that was a close call. Bullet dodge on that one. So, anyway. Also, fun facts about the beer too. On top of the can, there's a little quote that says, from the family that brought you the sound of music. So there's another, another so film tie. Another film tie. So we're going to, we're, we're going to have a, a little bit, we're going to try to tweak a few things and. We've done, what if, is this our, what official episode is this? This is our fourth, fourth official episode. This is our fourth official episode requested by Allison L. She wanted to remain uh, anonymous other than that. So shout out to Allison for making a request. So we're, we're trying to change a few, <laughs> we're trying to change a few things though, uh, based on some feedback. So thank you to everyone that's either sent us a message or, <clears throat> or an email message on Instagram, uh, worth a late fee. And one of the cool things about as a huge podcast fan myself, I think it's awesome that podcasts aren't super competitive. So it does, you, you kind of feel like you can give positive and negative feedback and help other podcasts out. So I wanted to give a shout out to the team from the uh, now available on VHS podcast. They sent us some, some pretty cool feedback and obviously Joe and I are very new to this and we realize that it's, it's nowhere near a finished product and nowhere near a polished product. So, you know, any, any little feedback, positive or negative is great. So, and if you look at their library of movies, it's awesome. Like if there's a random nineties movie, I know that they have a million time the following that we do, but for our friends or family that may be listening to this, if you're looking for a great movie podcast, check out now available on VHS, because a lot of movie podcasts have like the big nineties movies and they have those too, but they also have some ones that kind of fall between the cracks a lot. So I wanted to give those guys a shout out. Yeah, Eric and I started this because we typically met up every Thursday anyways and talked about movies and had a beer. Yeah. So we just kind of figured we'd do this anyways. We might as well just record it. Right. Even if no one listens to it, it'll just be fun to talk about and do what we do anyways. So. Right. And we have no dreams of <clears throat> this ever becoming like a huge thing. We just like to do it. and But we do want to make it as, you know, enjoyable as possible for someone that may listen to it. So podcasts like our feedback like that from especially from people that, that do it is is very much appreciated but so we'll get back to the movie just wanted to kind of awesome. i love that podcast name by the way yeah that's, awesome. VHS. That's, yeah that's good yeah. stuff that's one of those ones where they, they thought about it and yeah. they were probably i know like if we thought about that we would have googled it and then realized that it wasn't taken in their case they'd be like yes that's that's an awesome awesome find so as far as stats for kindergarten cop when did it come out on December 21st, 1990. All right. So I was five years old. You were... I was uh, one. One. So Joe didn't see it in theaters, probably. <laughs> I also didn't see it in theaters. But... And uh, it had a budget of $26 million and it made $202 million. <laughs> um, the top 10 films released that year by worldwide, growth, by worldwide Gross are Ghost, Home Alone, Pretty Woman, Dances with Wolves, Total nice. Recall, Back to the Future Part 3, Die Hard 2, Presumed Innocent, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and Kindergarten Cop. All right. So I made the number 10 slot, and it's pretty cool because Arnold had two movies that year on the top 10 grossing, Total Recall and Kindergarten Cop, so it's a pretty good year for him. That's a good year. So one uh, one other like fun fact that I saw when I was researching this movie is other people that were considered for the role and, and turned down the role of, of Kimball, uh, Arnold's character, Bill Murray, 
that I could, I guess, see. It'd be a totally different movie, but you could kind of see it. Patrick Swayze. Totally. He was he was movie. so big then like then that time frame. Yeah, so it's huge. like he was in everything, yeah. <clears throat> and Danny DeVito. So, oh my I did not know that, but the principal remind me of his wife. Yes. <laughs> yes. Movie, so I'm just gonna yep. bring that up at some point in this podcast. Well but... actually the principal, not to because if you've seen the movie, the principal, Miss Miss Schlowski, is very short. And she was diagnosed with hypopituitary dwarfism. She's four foot nine. So okay. that's, that's why. And I don't know. I think that's why it was so good, too, because, like, the contrast between oh. Arnold's character and her walk yeah. walking on the school hall was so good. Right. Like, I would look small next to Arnold, but she looked... But she looked, yeah, right. She looked extra small. So, oh, go ahead. Go and ahead. it also went up against... It came on December 21st, and the compet- competition that week was pretty, pretty minimal. It went up against uh, The Long Walk Home and The Bonfire of Vanities. Never seen that. I've never nearby, so... Yeah. So, what is your first memory of this movie? My first memory was actually the quote, boys have a penis, girls have a vagina. And for whatever reason, it's always kind of like, I, I saw it when I was pretty young. And I haven't seen it since probably what, like I have seen it about 15, 20 years maybe. Right. So, that kind of always stuck with me because as a kid, it's a pretty big revelation, <laughs> all right? It's, like, this is, this is groundbreaking stuff right here. Yeah. <laughs> but so, that always kind of stuck with me. And... Wanted to, like it came a lot earlier in the movie than I thought it did, so it's kind of like a I don't, rem- I don't remember a whole lot after or before that, so it was right. kind of like that was my right, right, m- yeah, my insight into it. I don't remember. I know I saw this movie when I was younger. I didn't see it in theaters when I died. I was five years old, but I know I saw this when I was younger. But I have when I sat down to watch this, I was like. I, and I started watching it. I was like, I don't remember any of this. I know I've seen it, but so I don't remember my first memory at all. I do know that my two best friends are huge Arnold Schwarzenegger fans, and they're they're kind of like too big of an Arnold Schwarzenegger fan to the to the point where it, I probably rejected Arnold movies for a long part of my life because like there's only so many times you want to watch like Terminator and whatever. So I don't remember my first memory of this, but I know I've seen it, but didn't remember anything. So. It was funny though. As it went along, the third act, I kind of remember certain things. But like I remember the final kind of confrontation happening in the like the shower area. Yeah. I remember like the fire, like the the water coming down. I remember little bits of it as it unfolded. But like other than that, I really remember a whole lot about this film. We'll get into it, but that is the most ridiculous ending <laughs> in in the best way because it's a ridiculous movie. But so I guess to kind of get into the movie, give you a, a brief plot summary here. Uh, after years of pursuing infamous drug dealer Cullen Crisp, which, pause for a second, solid bad guy name, Cullen Crisp. And I always, uh, and watching this now, I, another thing I remember too <clears throat> is the ponytail bad guy. Yes. And yes. This, this did come, once I saw him in the beginning, it's kind of like, I was like, okay, I remember this guy as well. So it's like bits and pieces slowly start unraveling as I watched it. Well, the reason the ponytail probably stood out is in the 90s and 80s, if you lived in Hollywood or L.A., and you had a ponytail, you had a steady career as a bad guy in movies. It was that's all you needed. You didn't need to have anything else other than that ponytail. But anyway, so after years of pursuing infamous drug dealer Colin Crisp, Detective John Kimball, that's Arnold, arrests him for murder. A witness saw him murder an informant after getting information regarding the whereabouts of his ex-wife, Rachel Myatt Crisp, who allegedly stole millions of dollars from him before fleeing with his son, Colin Jr. So, 
That scene we're gonna get back to that later. That that little intro we're gonna gloss over now, but that seems amazing. Oh yeah, and the whole in, like the whole intro with Arnold, he really is super unlikable. He's pushing people uh, like on the escalator, like showing them the side, and like he just has <laughs> no care in the world other than stopping this guy. Like which yeah. is you know it's good, but like he no. looks like the bad guy in the, in the first <laughs> in the first does. scene. He's he's wearing a trench coat. He looks homeless. Yeah, he looks like a psychopath. But anyway, so partner with former teacher turned detective Phoebe O'Hara. Kimball goes undercover in Astoria, Astoria, Oregon. Sorry if I said Washington earlier. I might have said that. I don't know. It's all Pacific Northwest. Uh, to find Rachel and offer her immunity in exchange for testifying against Crisp in court. To this end, O'Hara must act as a substitute teacher in Cullen Jr.'s kindergarten class in Astoria Elementary School. So O'Hara gets a terrible case of the stomach flu, falling ill at the last moment, so Kimball takes her place. That was one... <laughs> Watching this movie, I was like, "You guys didn't have any backup plan." There's so many, <laughs> so many questions that that this, like, you know, kind of brought up to me. But so you guys are gonna go. Well, first of all, can the police do that? Can the police say, "I need to," I we need, we have an undercover investigation. I need to take over this elementary school and put in someone. I know Phoebe was a teacher, but she's not anymore. Right, they so easily let Arnold in, who has, like, they don't even, like, it takes them a lot to do a background check on the guy. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, okay, if he was also a teacher and he had the, because even if you're solving the crime, there's still how many other kids in the classroom that, I know it's elementary school, but they're still looking for some sort they of They want education. education. <laughs> yeah, right. The parents want their kids to get education. Right. So, so anyway, so Phoebe gets ill, so, so Kimball takes her place but yep, this scene gave us the introduction of the unsung hero <laughs> the ferret in the car so. that's true <laughs> very weird and i actually i don't know if i wrote it down somewhere i did hold on i have a, i have a fun fact i'm gonna call arnold out because he's he's not here it's such a bizarre thing to the ferret like i actually own the ferret i own two ferrets growing up so like it's such a bizarre pet to introduce into the film like well then you own ferrets ferrets when i was a kid ferrets were like it was like black market stuff. Oh, it was, it, was, it, it was, yeah. Yep. So one of the fun facts I got from an article was that Arnold was a bit of a hypocrite over ferrets. In the movie, Kimball recruits a, recruits a ferret to be the class mascot. In California, where Arnold obviously has some gubernatorial power, owning a ferret has been illegal since the 1930s. In 2004, the state passed a bill dropping the ban. It was then vetoed by the governor, Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> So Arnold talks a big talk. <laughs> he talks a big talk, but, uh, you know, he's not walking the walk. So, um, parting with Ford, you know, where are we going here? Okay, so Kimball takes your place. The suspicious school principal, Mrs. Shlowski, who we talked about earlier, is convinced he will not last long before quitting. So I think they talked about, should we look into his background? And he was just like, she was just like, he's not going to last. Oh, because she saw him having like a breakdown. Right. And she saw, she saw all the, this is when he has his like outbursts, like all the kids just out of control. They're painting the chalkboard and like, yes. they're just like, it's just a disaster. Yes. And that's, this is where I start to, I went into this movie. I did not want to do this movie. I, behind the scenes stuff, Joe gave me three movies that we could do. I weeded it down to two, this and one other one. And I was kind of hoping Joe would pick the other one. Because these are all recommendations from Allison. <laughs> from Allison L. But when he picked this one, I was kind of bummed. And I actually went back and listened to some other podcasts um, talking about it. 
uh, Shout the Movies, huge movie podcast, and they trashed on this movie, so that made me want to watch it even less because they value their opinion. And then, so I sat down and watching it, and I was like, oh, this stinks. I don't want to watch this at all. And then when Otto loses control of the classroom, I'm not good with kids. So when Otto lost control of the classroom and just had a breakdown, that was when I was like, I can relate to this guy because that would be me if I was in charge of shut kids. Shut up, shut up, shut up. <laughs> That's me. Shut up, shut up, shut up. Uh, though initially overwhelmed, he adapts to his new uh, status quickly despite not having any formal teaching experience. Can we, uh, before this all happened too, the little girl, I forgot what her, if they even talked about what her name was, she can't get her overall strap undone. So what does Arnold do? He leaves a classroom of children by themselves. Yeah. And then goes across the hall to get the teacher, played by Penelope Ann Miller. Yep. And what she do? <laughs> she leaves her classroom to take the kid to the bathroom. I'm like, yep. my God! Like, if if I left, I work in schools, and if I left any kid's classroom unattended, that's a pretty. Uh... <laughs> I'm gonna speak up for. I'm gonna stand up for Arnold here because I know that if I was in charge of a classroom full of kids, they're probably better and more safe with me out of them. <laughs> and that girl. Was he was in a tough spot because that girl was about to have an accident. She had to go to the bathroom. She about to have an accident. You got to make a move. You know what I mean. You got to. So uh, I I side with Arnold on that. I'm Team Arnold. So though initially overwhelmed, he adapts to his new status quickly, despite not having any formal teaching experience. With his use of his pet ferret as a class mascot, positive reinforcement, his police training as a mo- as a model for structure in class, and his experience as a father. He becomes a much admired and cherished figure to his students. Experience as a father, as a father, he's like in the scene what seven years he says. He yeah, does. yeah, he's got a little bit of a rough <laughs> relationship with his kid. Although I think at this time wasn't he pretending that it wasn't that rough? He wasn't really vocal about it. Like he wasn't talking about it up until he got closer to, later on to the teacher. Right. So Kimball begins to enjoy his undercover role, and this is the biggest thing that I forgot about this movie is that, and Joe, Joe said earlier before we were recording. 90% of the movie is him as a teacher. I thought it was like a, maybe a quarter of the movie, but a lot of the movie, they get right into it. So yeah. <clears throat> Kimball begins to enjoy his undercover role. At one point, he deals with a case of child abuse by assaulting and threatening the father of the abused child, winning Miss Schlowski's favor. Dude, this scene was awesome. Sure, that would never go down the way, <laughs> but that scene was so good. I felt like <laughs> the guy is just like, you know quickly blows it off like nothing happened yeah and like the, this happened before too like this isn't the first time it's happened yes. this is like he arnold gives the warning to the yep. mother saying if it happens again i'm pressing charges and the reason arnold's got an eye on the kid is because arnold doesn't know which kid at this point is right. colin jr he's trying to figure it out because the kid whatever the kid is he's using a fake name so he has it narrowed down to a few suspects one was like this kind of like new york seeming like soprano's wife her kid one was this kid who was being who seemed distant and you end up finding out that why he seemed distant was he was being abused and right. so yeah like joe said arnold gave the warning to the mom one day he stopped in the parking lot and was like if it happens again i'm gonna do something yeah. and then one final time she walks into the room late she said uh my car wouldn't start or whatever and then arnold goes up <laughs> on the back of the on the shoulder and then the kid's sore so yep. arnold runs outside Confronts the father with all the kids watching. <laughs> yes. And what I love about it, though, is that <laughs> Mrs. Schlowski is, like, nice. Like, <laughs> yeah. He assaults a father. In front of, which all the kids. The dad totally deserved it. Oh, yeah. But he he, is, he beats the crap out of a father in front of all the kids. And the principal who's in charge of the whole school and all these 
children's development is like, I like it. Good job, Richard Kimball. <laughs> How did it feel? Yeah, How did it feel yeah. punching in? Or John Kimball. I said Richard Kimball. What's <laughs> yeah. Richard Kimball? The fugitive? Or isn't Richard Kimball Dr. Kimball? Isn't that the fugitive? <laughs> that, yeah, I think so. I don't know where that just came from. <laughs> in observation of his teaching style, she, Mrs. Schlowski, assures him that even though she does not agree with his methods, she can see what a, that he is a good teacher. Kimball also becomes fond of fellow teacher Joyce Palmieri, whose son Dominic is one of his students. Joyce Palmieri is played by, um, uh, we just talked about her a minute ago. Uh, Penelope. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so before leading up to this, she says he's becoming this great teacher. We see, I don't know, like as lowest point of the class, yelling shut up to all of them. Yeah. To getting a whistle and have them all structured. So like he would kind of like train them, I guess, like an animal. Yeah. And yeah. like he would, so like during fire drills or during different, um, while they're going outside, he would have them like single file. So like he really had a structure at this point. He kind of got the class together. They respected him. They listened. Yeah. And the, the principal of Gnosis at this point yeah. saying that, you know, he's got together. I don't have kids, but I always say to people that do have kids, I have two dogs. And I think that more kids could use crate training or kids could use whistles. So I'm totally team Kimball on this one. <laughs> So she, she being Joyce Palmieri, the teacher uh, whose son Dominic is one of his students, she is estranged from her husband and will not speak of him, telling Dominic that he lives in France. <clears throat> Conversing with the gradually more trusting Joyce, the other teacher, Kimball deduces that she is Rachel, and that Do Rachel being the wife of uh, Colin Sr., and that Dominic is Colin Jr. So this is this is his target. Colin Jr. is, is, is the kid, and, and the other teacher is actually the ex-wife, so... Back in California, where all of this started, the case holding Crisp in jail is closed after the witness dies from a, from using tainted cocaine provided by the by Crisp's mother, Eleanor. He is sub he is subsequently released from prison and quickly travels to Astoria with Eleanor to search for Cullen Jr. So, when Cullen Senior was in jail and kind of like right after he was sentenced, I don't know if it was sentencing or his arraignment. But he kind of gives his mom like a nod and was like, you know, the plan, right? And apparently the plan was to sell some like hyper over the top cocaine to this woman and kill her. Yeah, because the, the, the only witness. <laughs> right. Because she did, she did have a uh, history of going out to clubs and partying. And you kind of get oh. that sense real, real, she was real quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah she, she was, was a mess. Yeah. yeah. Uh, when Kimball learns Crisp has been released, he confronts Rachel about her identity, saying he can protect her if she cooperates. Outraged that he misled her, she tells him that Crisp lied about her stealing the money to convince drug dealers to help him find her. The real reason was to find Cullen Jr. as he was angry that Rachel disappeared with him, even though she had every reason to do this, given her ex-husband's infamy and the bad example of a father he would be as a result. So <clears throat> that whole subplot is a little bit weird because this guy is a drug dealer, he's killing people. He's got a ponytail. But he's like, the real he loves his kid. The real part is yeah. the ponytail. But he loves his kid so much that he's willing to go across, across well, not across country, but he's, he's willing to travel and leave everything he has to find his kid. So Crisp starts up. This is this to me is when I was like, this movie is so ridiculous. So Crisp, Colin Crisp, the bad guy, his way of, of getting to his son is he goes to the school and sets a fire in the school library that his son is in to to like cause a commotion and get to his kid. 
I have to think there's there are, <laughs> that'd be a better way of doing this for right. Sure. Like wait, I don't know. I mean, I don't want to <laughs> give plans on how to kidnap and stuff, but there's got to be a safer way. Because let's say even if you get your kid, is it really worth killing a bunch of other kids? Right, there's two kids making out like the top floor. Yeah, they could have died. Right, so. right. So Chris starts starts a fire in the library as a distraction to kidnap Colin Jr., but he uses him as a hostage when Kimball arrives. So Arnold basically chases him down, and they get kind of caught in a standoff where Arnold's. Uh, got a gun he's pointing but it but chris takes his own son as awesome. see and this is like where i started like remembering <laughs> tidbits of this movie i remember like phoebe outside trying to get into the building at the same time his partner trying to get into the building and the mother hits her Running. with the car just the nails car. her and like i actually remember that scene vividly for whatever reason because i like as a kid man seeing that like that looks pretty realistic and then the mother's you know full she's charging to the building at this point yeah. trying to help her son kidnap this kid right but it's just like it's slowly falling apart and like yes. the school's burning down yeah the plan to burn the school down shocker <laughs> not the most you know it had flaws it had flaws so kimball's ferret star of the show star of the show so they're in this standoff right kimball's got uh his gun pointed dominic at, yeah colin and colin jr aka dominic yeah so Kimball's ferret, who is hiding in Cullen Jr.'s shirt because Cullen Jr. is a good kid, and they had drilled in the fire drills earlier that his job was to get the ferret and pack the ferret. So they thought it was a fire drill at first. So he gets the ferret, puts him in his shirt. So also first really smell, first really smell, and yeah. like that classroom must have smelled like real like real <laughs> garbage. <laughs> well, it's a bunch of kids. Little so kids smell too. So Kimball's ferret, who is hiding in Cullen Jr.'s shirt bites crisp in the neck allowing Colin jr to escape can't even read that seriously crisp shoots kimball in the leg before kimball fatally shoots crisp outside eleanor injures o'hara with her car before going inside and discovering crisp's dead she wounds kimball in the shoulder but o'hara appears and vengefully knocks her unconscious with a baseball bat it's a great kids movie eleanor is then arrested and the unconscious kimball is hospitalized with o'hara with both of them making a full recovery. O'Hara returns to the police force in Los Angeles while Kimball decides to retire, staying in Astoria to become a kindergarten teacher <laughs> at the school full-time. No schooling for this or whatever. Rachel joins him and the two share a kiss while everyone cheers. The end. So, What a happy ending. What a happy ending, yeah. Obviously, some, some plot. There's some holes in this plot, but you have to... Watch it for what it is, which is an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie in nineteen ninety. And it's funny. It is. It has like it's more of a comedy than anything else, for sure. It's way more of a comedy. And like I said, I I had no. We'll get into all of our questions and everything, but I was so dreading watching this movie, and I laughed. I, I it's not a great movie. It's not. You know, it's it's horrible. But it's it's. It's like when jokes are funny and then you do them too long and they're not funny. But then if you keep doing them long enough, they become funny again. That's how this movie was. It was bad enough that it was good. So um, who do you think was who won the movie? Was the star of the movie? Ferret not included. Yeah. I'm going to say we would talk about our whole, like Arnold was obviously amazing. Yeah. But Phoebe was awesome. Every time, every scene she was in, she, was in, she didn't play an important role really up until the end of the film. 
but everything she was in was hilarious. She yeah. was her, her humor, her sarcastic <laughs> approach, everything. She was so funny. And I kind of wish I used her a little <laughs> bit more in the movie because she was so good. One weird thing about her, because what was this movie rated? PG? PG-13. PG-13. So one yeah. weird scene about her. Kimball comes back to the hotel that they're staying in and he hears like something going on and he breaks in and Phoebe's having sex with her husband and she's like, oh, it's our anniversary or something. And I'm like, that that probably didn't. And then weirdest thing, so they're mid-sex the, then the husband gets up and he's holding a pillow to hide his private parts and, goes, and he shakes his hand. <laughs> yes. If I was Arnold, like right now the coronavirus happening right now, right? Yeah. Minus that. If, I, if some gonna, guy's holding a pillow to his crotch or his like, you know, his ass, I'm gonna be like, yeah. "Listen, buddy, yeah, I'll, you know, he's an elbow yeah. pump." <laughs> later on, later on. No, I'm good. Yeah, that that was weird. So, so Phoebe won the movie for you. She was awesome. I kind of wish she was used a little bit more. Like I, I can see why she really wasn't because she wasn't really impor- up, you know, important up until knocking the mother in the head with a baseball bat. Right. But like, she was fun. Every scene she was in, she was really good. So, the person that won the movie for me is Arnold and for for a few, for a couple different reasons um the you really have to it was so ridiculous but if you think of if you put yourself in Arnold's shoes and like when he came to this country and what he came here with he came here just as a bodybuilder I mean I don't know it's all, I don't I haven't read his biography but I'm pretty sure that's what he was doing he's coming here to be a like Mr. whatever and at this there's something to be said for knowing your limits and knowing what you can do. And can he, is he a great actor? No, he's a horrible actor. But And I actually do love about the whole acting. I, I do love how they brought Austria multiple times, kind of like, so they didn't have the fact that, you know. Yeah, they didn't try to. Right. They never explain why he's from Austria, but his name is John Kimball. <laughs> I, I was I was hoping that there would be some sort of like, oh, I had to switch it because I was involved in this case and something but so i think auto won for me and then in all seriousness it's a pretty epic rise for someone who moved to this country i think in the 70s oh, yeah. or 80 early 80s ish yeah. and he eventually became governor God, of california so yeah but anyway th- this movie was great <clears throat> not the best actor in the world obviously not even in the top 1 million but he knows what he can do and it, and he's funny he's huge um what are some things you didn't like i want to see more of crisp like if I could, if I could, the dad, call him the dad. Yeah, the yeah, the bad guy. Okay. You only see him briefly in the beginning, and then at the end, really, mm-hmm. when at, you start seeing a little more after the OD. Okay. Um, and he was like throwing it wrong. He was kind of like he had that creepy, oh, very like creepy. that creepy vibe to him. Like not like dangerous, but he was just creepy. Yeah. And I kind of want to see like more of like we hear like you know he's this drug dealer who's murdered multiple people. We see him kill out one guy. Yeah. But I kind of want him to see like a little bit more of like why Chris was so dangerous. He, I, I don't have it. <clears throat> I didn't write this down, but if you look up the actor who played him, I can't remember his name. Richard something, I believe, right? Yeah, I didn't write it down. I should have. I had it. I deleted it, actually. But he, that guy. Richard Tyson. Richard Tyson. He, I think he went to, like, the Naval Academy. He went to, he's a very smart guy, um, apparently. I, he, I also, when I looked up his images, though, there was some sort of mugshot. I didn't get the whole background story on that, so if, he, if it turns out that he's it's like, like some, a, some pedophile, yeah, we <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not speaking for his character, but his education is uh, is top notch. The thing that I didn't like also had to do with Colin Crisp as well. 
And what it was was his relationship with his mom had this weird, like... He loved her. Like Tommy like Boyish. Yeah. That's exactly yeah. what I was going to say. It was exactly like the the um, Bo Derek and... Um, Robert Lowe. Rob, Rob, Lowe. Rob Lowe's yeah. character in Tommy Boy. But that was okay because you found out that they weren't really mom and dad. That was just a scheme. Yep. These two had this weird, like, creepy sexual tension. And... I don't think they were they related. were a real deal mom and dad. So it was like this is weird. This is very uncomfortable. So that was that was my not a fan of not a thing I didn't like. Um what was your favorite scene? Oh man, we talked about this before. I love the scene when he's interviewing all the kids and asking them what their daddy does. Yeah. We got some real good dialogue on that. Yeah, the kids are great. Kids yeah. are the darndest things, yes. like literally in the scene. So. And you can tell that it's just kids reading off a, a like a board, but it's still hilarious because I, I just think of like bringing those are all obviously child actors and bringing your kid to work that day to say and you, you're like what is my kid doing and then you look and you're like wow my son has to say that or my daughter has to say that but yeah they were great and they were they were that awkward kid that's how kids talk so it, it actually worked it, it was it was good <laughs> my my favorite scene we actually touched on a little bit too was was actually. The opening scene where Arnold's walking through, I think, like a mall with, or a, gun waving. with a gun waving, a trench coat. He hasn't shaved in a couple of days. He's his like face is all sweaty and stuff. And you're like, how is this? Yeah, he looks homeless. Yeah, he looks he looks he looks like the bad guy. Yeah. And it's so ridiculous, though, that it for me, for someone who wasn't looking forward to seeing this movie, it kind of put me at ease because I was like, this movie's ridiculous. Like it. It right out of the right out of the gate, they're like, "There's nothing serious in this movie. It's it's going to be over the top in every way it can be over the top. Just sit back and relax and, and laugh at Arnold and and everything else going on." So that was actually my favorite scene. Soundtrack. I don't have any. So I actually I didn't look it up yet, and I kind of wish I did because it didn't hit me until now. The soundtrack. Remind me very much of Billy Madison. Da na na. Like it's almost like the very like I subtle melodies. And I could see that. It was like very like quirky and happy almost for like this movie that's like, well, mm. most of it is kind of innocent, like but most like right like for like the deeper dealing. plot of like drug dealing and kidnapping and right. Um, but it was it was enjoyable. I'm actually gonna look up right now. I'm kind of curious. So one one thing while Joe's looking that up, one thing that we talked about adding to, um, <clears throat> like kind of a question we ended up adding to the list was uh your favorite movie of the main star in this case arnold other than this movie and for me it's the only other arnold movie that i remember liking and it's oh joe's got an answer yeah he did this the score is by uh randy edelman and he did the score to uh to um billy madison and i think i saw the mask too did he the mask and like uh he did he's done a bunch of stuff lou de beaver like these are he has the same style all of his film which i respect he you know? Yeah, good for him. He's got to find his, his niche. Yeah. So my favorite Arnold movie other than this, and it's the only one that I remember liking as a kid, which I know is blasphemy because some Arnold movies people like swear by, but I love True Lies. And I hope that someday we, we do True Lies eventually. Not in the very near future, but I would love to do True Lies. What about you? What's your favorite Arnold My movie? favorite Arnold film is uh, <laughs> Last Action Hero. Love that movie growing up. Still love it. But I gotta give a shout out to Jingle All the Way. I don't care. That is a, no, that movie's fine. great. I watch it every year. <laughs> yep. And Jingle All the Way is the same as this. Is it's, it's like if you watch it 
trying to watch a serious movie or a good Christmas movie in in the traditional sense, you, yeah, you're going to be disappointed. Like if you watch this movie looking for a good children's movie, you've made a bad decision. But if you just watch it and laugh at how ridiculous it is and whatever, then you can you can enjoy it. But man, the nineties were really kind to Arnold. He yes. had the whole nineties in general, like the whole. It's he's had he had so many hits that year from Terminator Two to uh, this film to. I don't know, Total Recall, like he's had so many hits <clears throat> in lives. True Lies, yeah. I, I, uh, I, whether it's Arnold or any other actors, I almost have more respect for bad or mediocre actors who know what know their limits than I do. I'd rather that than an actor who's got all the talent in the world and he'll do one amazing movie and then five movies that you're like, why did you get involved in that? Yeah. Arnold knows... And he's not really that active anymore, but he knows what he can do. He knows he's the big Jack Austrian guy. Um, that was one thing that was kind of weird was the uh, um, the the women were lusting over him, but then they kept making like gay references. Astoria is where <clears throat> single mothers live. It was always on the coast. Single mother capital. Of the yeah, world. Single, yes. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, that was a weird sequence, though. Yeah, I'm not wearing any makeup. Neither am I. Well, you're married. I was right, like, okay. I was like, Jesus. Right, right. God, calm down. <laughs> so, all that said, um, our rating system. If you listen to any of the the first couple episodes, you know what our rating system is. It's it's a scale of one to five. Would you mind paying a late fee to keep this movie an extra day or two? One being you're going to watch it, maybe not even get through it and return it. Uh, five being you're going to keep it as long as you want, maybe even end up buying the DVD from the store. Joe? And we can, we mentioned this last oh, week yeah. as well, but we do also review some films on the course, like the 0. 0.25, 0. 0.50, 0. 0.75. Yeah. Because this movie, I think, for me, is going to hit one of those quarter um, scores. So, All right, so do you want, want, want to go first? Yeah, you go first, yeah. I think it's a 3.25. Wow. It was fun. It, it was a, fun. It, like, well, is that too low? Is that too low or too no, high? No, it's higher than I Is it? Oh, wow. But, I mean, Ivan Reitman, like, he kind of found his, like, again, like you were saying before, I was kind of not dreading watching it again, but I wasn't excited for it, especially, like, the runtime was almost, like, two hours long. I was like, You just don't to say, yeah. But then I saw Ivan Reitman as a director, and I'm like, okay, like, I'm a little bit more excited now, and, like, yeah. it's that was, like, my the extra push I needed to get excited for the film a little bit more than I was originally. So my score is, it doesn't seem that high, but when you consider my expectations going in and when you go back and you listen to the Top Gun episode and what I gave Top Gun, this is crazy. So I, I'm going to give the movie a 2.5. Yeah, that's a little over kindergarten. But, <laughs> no, no, no. But I went into Top Gun. I, I gave Top Gun a 2.5. That you okay? Yeah. Even so, that's kind of low, I feel like. <laughs> no, but if this movie was... A 2.5 for Kindergarten Cop means it blew me away. Because I, I was <laughs> dreading this movie. I didn't want to do it. It would have I would have given it a 3, probably, if it was an hour and a half. But Yeah, see, no, I was leaning towards a 3 as well. Three, three. That's why I, I didn't want a 3.5 because I don't want to get the same score as Bad Boys. Right. But at the same time, I didn't want to, like, you know, it's... But I thought that I was going to give this... I thought this movie was going to be my first... Have I, I haven't given out a one yet, have I? Well, in one Someday of we might come back yeah, to that. Yeah. In one of, the, one of the test episodes, I gave out a one. But I thought I was going to give this movie a one or like a 1.5. So a 2.5 for me, for this movie, means I was blown away. I mean, I gave Bad Boys a three, didn't I? I think so. Yeah, so 
This this is I was very Eric says something Cowell of uh, movie reviews. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, but I I this movie was way better than I thought it was going to be, and I enjoyed it. If it was an hour and a half, I could see myself watching again in the near future. I probably won't watch this again for a very long time. Uh, but they made a sequel to this movie. I know with Dolph Lundgren. Yes, and I know that until like doing a little research for this Same. movie, I was like, man, I, someday. I might watch that. Oh, I would. I would. If depending on how long that movie was, if I had like, if it was on one night and I had I needed something to watch, and I was, yeah, I would watch that movie. I mean, I make it through the whole movie, but I would watch it. So, um, the oh, go ahead. No, so what did you think about the beard though? Because I'm, I'm still good. kind of working on it. Yeah, I, I was. I had very very low expectations, but it was it was pretty good. Not not bad. So, um, next week, the beer will be much better. Because next week we're doing, we're trying to think of a St. Patrick's Day themed movie. And Joe was very adamant that it was not going to be the Boondock Saints. I know, I watched the Boondock Saints ever. (laughs) (laughs) Even though I think that that movie is like the perfect movie for a podcast like this. Not that it's going to be the greatest movie ever. but So we actually, we're doing a very obscure movie for most people. I think next week it's called Waking Med Divine. If you've never seen this movie, well, we'll talk about it next week, but I'm excited. I'm going into a blind. Like, I, I saw it once a long, long, long time ago, and I don't remember anything about it. Yeah, it's a great Irish movie, and we're that's what we're going to be doing for, for a St. Patrick's Day week episode or weekend before St. Patrick's Day. And so we'll be drinking some Guinness next next weekend, I think. Very, so Very fitting. Yep. Yes, safe to say. So, um, like we said at the beginning, for the people that have given us any feedback, positive or negative... Thank you so much. Um, to give that feedback, you can follow us on Instagram. Uh, we're at worth a late fee. Um, whether it's just a message, comment, anything like that. Insults, we'll take it all. Yeah, insults, exactly. As long as it's not you know too too harsh or racial or anything <laughs> like that, then, then we're good. It's all all's fair. But um, thank you guys so much for listening. We'll be back next week with uh, Waking Ned Divine and some Guinness. And thank you so much. Yeah, thanks, guys.